Ready. Hey. Just in the middle of the field, 45, 50. Green grass in front of him, leaving Lions in his way. I am Jeff Joniak. Blitz is on. Down he goes. Brisker. What was it like playing for Coach Dicka? Uh, I don't want to answer any questions like that. 61 yards. Ooh. A Sunday stroll for Justin Fields. No way. Three, four, three. And ta-da, and ta-da, and ta-da. Now, Bears Etc. with the voices of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak, and Tom After 10 losses in a row, the Bears have ripped off four straight home wins, and the home cooking felt good to the home crowd. A great crowd at Soldier Field. I cannot emphasize that enough in the win over the visiting Arizona Cardinals. Welcome into Bears Etc. episode number 45. Jeff Joniak and Super Bowl winning Bears guard Tom Thayer. I don't know why I keep calling you that, by the way. I could just say world champion. That'd be fine, right? <laughs> you don't have to say either. Yeah, you do. Life you got to give credit Bears where credit's fan. due, man. Lifelong Bears fan, Tom Thayer. Yeah, yeah. I'll like try that. Say, you know, proud of the fans. I'm proud of the fans because I'm as a big a fan of uh, the Chicago Bears as anybody sitting in the stands or listening on the radio. So it's exciting for me, too, because... You know, the thing about the excitement for the Bears winning the, these games, it doesn't only filter through the locker room, through the coaching staff, but it filters through the entire building up at Hallis Hall and and Soldier Field. And I think it, um, you know, it puts a lot of pride in your step. It puts a lot of pep in your step. When I go to the grocery store, I don't get yelled at by the guys working behind the counter. They want to talk about winning football. And so there are so many elements that success really adds to your life. Uh, I tell you what, uh, even uh, ex-Bears as well, I had a chance to work with you and Dan Hampton this week on Bear Essentials on uh, Chicago Bears television partner, Marquee Network, and that was the first time I had done uh, that show, and I had a, a lot of fun. But, you know, he, I'm sure he's in a bunch better mood too, uh, you know, and when things are going well, and especially when you're running for 250 and the defense gets you off the field uh, when they needed to, uh, it was a very interesting game. It could have been a, a different outcome, frankly, because they, they got to within one score and some big plays had to be made on both sides of the ball. Yeah, but, you know, what's been the theme of the last couple of weeks of our show? Yeah. And even Matt, as he addresses the media at the podium, it's all about finishing. And I think it was a really important game because, listen, there's a lot of talent in the NFL, and I don't care what Arizona's record is. When you look at their running back position, you look at the receiver, you look at the quarterback, you look at some of the defenders they have there. A win is an exciting win. And when you're able to have some challenges throughout the course of the uh, of, throughout the four quarters and you're able to finish it and you're able to conclude series on fourth downs or extend series on important third down throws like Justin to DJ you know, there, there's a lot of exciting things that um, took place on Sunday. Yeah, Let's talk about that because I know some people have written, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and their awful defense. Yeah, statistically, they're at the bottom of the barrel in many categories. But individually, we we circled some of these guys. Buda Baker is a Pro Bowl safety, and he is a dangerous player. He, he sent Cole Komet out of the game. All right? Uh, he was somebody we were watching. They have a lot of injuries as well, but there are players on this roster, the other safety, who picked up Justin in the end zone. Tremendous player. Okay, Jalen Thompson's been around a while. Eighth year out of Washington State. Excellent player. The hustle of a Dennis Gardeck who had five sacks going into the game. Uh, Roy Lopez gives you some trouble with nose tackle. 
I mean, they adjusted. They adjusted in the second half and made things a little more. Justin threw for 35 yards in the second half. The run game, uh, as he called the highways that were, and they were, we saw the highlights. We saw the, the great identification by you and Dan on that show and on our Bears Game Night Live show. Uh, there were massive lanes for Khalil Herbert to just hit the gas and go, but, you know, I'm not dismissing teams based on statistics, Tom. Not doing no. it. No, I, I think it's impossible to happen. The reason they are playing at the NFL, either if they started the season in a backup role and have, have you know, taken over a starting opportunity that's uh, they've, they've earned or they, they've had to through injuries, there's a lot of good athletes, man. And I still think if you look at Kyler Murray, um, he's one of the most dynamic athletes in all the NFL. He runs well. He's got arm confidence. He's got great confidence in himself. And, and he's a supreme competitor. So, yeah, I, I just like when we – the original part of this topic was the Bears were able to finish this game, and I think they're really learning a lot about themselves over the last few weeks. Uh, because of my duties with uh, Marquis and you, Tom, I could not sit down with Coach Eberflus this week, so we'll run uh, the status of Hallis from his press conference, the entire press conference, coming up here in a moment. Good news, Chicago United Airlines is getting brand-new planes with all the bells and whistles like Bluetooth connectivity, screens at every seat, and room for everyone's roller bag. United, proud to fly the Chicago Bears, and you too. Uh, I want to take apart some of the things that happened in the game uh, based on what we thought were going to be big on our game day live show uh, morning of on Christmas Eve. And one of mine was, hey, you know, be careful of this tight end, Trey McBride. Uh, Very good player, second-year player. He had six catches, but not even a dent. Uh, They were Mm -hmm. on him. They made it difficult. They took away the vision of Kyler with the size up front with Montez, the size of uh, Jervon Dexter Sr. Uh, Demarcus Walker got behind the line of scrimmage. Justin Jones had himself a game time. He now leads this team in quarterback hits and tackles for loss this season, quietly having a very strong season. And so a lot of things went into making sure that you vision cloud Kyler Murray, and that was his guy. That That's his target, right? That was his target. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is I, th- I think it is a triple kind of a layer of defense because you get the good pressure by the defensive line in from multiple ways, from Demarcus Walker to Montez Sweat to Devon Dexter uh, Sr. to all, all the guys up front. But then, you know, we've been super complimentary of the linebacker play here, uh, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Ed- Edwards and uh, – Jack Sanborn, because they have a lot to do. When you talk about limited success for the tight end, those guys have a a lot of that second-level responsibility. But, you know, we have a lot of compliments about the Bears secondary because they're playing about six guys back there, whether they're rotating or playing nickel-and-dime defense, and they're all playing equally as well. It's almost like they got a physical competition going on. Because, um, listen, Tyreek Stevenson is, you know, he's a physical tackler, and so is Jaquan and Kyler and, and Eddie. Smitty. And uh, Jalen and Terrell Smith. Every one of these guys, and, and the other guys too. There's other guys, Hicks and the other guys that have played as well. But, man, uh, that segment of the Bears' defense is well, the reason why you have that limited success. Let's take it even further. So Jalen Jones is is a is a reserve on that unit. He's played some dime this year. Uh, Blackwell played some last year when the Bears were just ravaged with injury. They are two of your better special teams players, you know. Uh, yeah. And these are all DBs. And, right. and Hicks well, is on well, special teams. 
You go back to the Detroit game at Detroit when Tyreek Stevenson created a fumble on kickoff coverage yeah. by putting his helmet on the ball on the returner. So, yeah, the contributions out of all the guys. And Jack Sanborn, he's a starter on special teams as well. So, you know, that tells you a lot about the type of competitors these guys are when they go out there and, you know, you get it's exciting when you see starters that are willing and want to and give that type of effort on special teams. And we certainly cannot forget what Jalen Johnson's doing. He's getting more and more love from Matt Eberflus, as you'll hear in a moment. Uh, just the, the, the competitor that he is, how he is uh, adapted to this scheme. Uh, there are always in schemes things to learn, things to, to arrive at that you never experienced before, wherever you've played or wherever you are, where you're coming in from the college game or another team. And there's, there's deeper sections of the, of the playbook you'd like to get into with more experience. And I think you're finding that with Matt Eberflus. And it, listen, it's, it's non-negotiable what he asks of the players in terms of fundamental technique, all that. Uh, and it's really, you can tell these guys are loving playing for him on the defensive side of the ball. They all say it. They're saying it out loud. I love playing for Flus. And I think it's because he's turned him loose a little bit. The more they invest trust in him, he's investing trust in them. Would you agree? How, how about if you make a bumper sticker and says, on the loose with Flus? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, but, you know, all right, all right, so let's, you know, one more level of that confidence playing for Flus. When you got Ryan Poles that goes out there and brings in a guy like Montez Sweat, and then Montez Sweat starts to feel comfortable in the locker room, and then that is directly related to his production. And then his specific production, how it relates to the way that Matt Eberflus can call defenses, can have them be a little bit more proactive and reactive, and how it results in turnovers and different guys touching the ball. So I think everybody has had a hand in the improvement of the defense, but there was nobody – more thrust in the defensive spotlight than Matt Eberflus earlier this season when he had to take over. And like you said, I think the guys really appreciate his accountability and his contribution to all those guys. All right, one more thing on the secondary because you broke something down uh, that was outstanding. One series, and, and you gave a gold star to the secondary. It was a secondary series. Right. Uh, listen, uh, and you know, we're having a little bit of fun with Dan Hampton being the Hall of Fame defensive lineman he is. But I don't know if throughout the course of our broadcasting career together, when you had a defensive backfield from first level, second level, and third level that was solely responsible for a three and out. And it started with a sack by by, uh, Kyler Gordon, who to me as an ex-offensive lineman, (laughs) when I see a defensive back come up and get a sack and he goes in between two offensive linemen, I, I have a hard time still accepting it, but I'm proud of Kyler Gordon for that. And then second play was a huge hit by Jaquan Brisker that rather than a sideline completion and out of bounds, he created an incompletion with the physicalness of his hit. And then the third one was Eddie Jackson. They One of those passes to Trey McBride. And now what do you want to do? As a defensive back, and then you got a 6'5", 255-pound tight end, do you want to come up and make a big hit? Or do you want to come up and kind of make a tackle that maybe result in a tackle? Or no, Eddie Jackson came with a full head of steam, took the ball away, took the the feet and the traveling ability away from the tight end, ended the series right there. And uh, to you know, for the life of me, if you really want to go out there and find a, a three a three down 
three and out <laughs> series. That's defensive back responsible. That was it. I just hope that uh, what they're building now, forget about team wide. Right now, I'm just focusing on the defense. Don't lose that mentality. Uh, don't let money do it. Don't let uh, whatever changes may or may not happen on this team, personnel wise. You got to have a, a nasty defense in Chicago that makes you pay. And you're going to be looking over your shoulder because that's the way it is. It's got to be. It's a blue-collar town. It's kind of a reflection of the team. I know this is what chairman of the board, George Hallis McCaskey, had envisioned when he wants to look at a defense out there every week that is going to – they're going to beat you up. And you're going to know you got into a fight with the Bears. Even if you, even if you win the game, you're going to be feeling the bumps and bruises because they're going to hit you. Well, you know, one thing I think about this group of guys, and I, I've been in locker rooms with the same, and they really enjoy each other's working yeah. compatibility. And, you know, they can go out of the building and they can be a different type of person. They can be whomever they want to be. However, when they get inside that facility, you have to enjoy coming to work and the guys that you're surrounded by. And to me, um, the reflection of I get from this guys is they really enjoy each other's working company. And that's probably the most important football element there is, Jeff, because you can get guys that maybe, you know, they, they want to spread off in a different direction. I don't, I don't see that here. I, I see, you know, so you did a post game interview and it was with um, Jalen Johnson, Tyreek, Tyreek. <laughs> Listen, man, you, that is evidence right there that, they enjoy each other's company yeah. because it's not look at me, look at me. It's, Hey, let's do it together. It's kind of fun. And you had on Jalen son. Well, he, I mean, he put him on me. So yeah, I, I, it was listen, fun. Man, it was, it was an awesome interview uh-huh. and it was fun. But it, again, it's that working reflection of a great relationship. Yeah, and, it, and it sprouts when you win. And so now the yeah. bears have won three of four. They've won five of nine. They've won four of six. They won four in a row at home. And, and now you're still in the hunt. I know it's really small percentage of a playoff, but until they say, hey, we're, we're taking away your postseason ticket, uh, you know, uh, these guys will have something to play for. And, and now, because you know you have something to play for against Atlanta, you're going to automatically, no matter what happens, have something to play for to spoil the stew for the Green Bay Packers in Week 18. So there's a lot of bad blood. I mean, I've heard some whispers from players in the locker room just how they feel about that up there. So let's go. Good. I mean, I now think every snap's going to matter this the final two weeks, and that's all we can ask for as fans. Uh, we can't control wins and losses, but we can ask for, hey, make it make it count. You know, make it count, and, and it's going to count. But, you know, when I, when I think of the Atlanta game first, I think of uh, a coach in Atlanta that the owner said, you're not necessarily in a hot seat, but you're still under review. Yeah. I think of a guy like Cordero Patterson, who likes to do big things against his ex-teams. I think of the quarterback position there, because there's uncertainty, there's still guys fighting for jobs. So, yeah. like you said, you know, there is a lot to play yeah. for against the Falcons this weekend, and it, it still is a really important game. PNC Bank is one of our great sponsors. We're brought to you by PNC, official bank of the Bears. Time now for the... Press conference with head coach Matt Eberflus up at Hallis Hall on Tuesday. Let's check in, hear what the boss had to say. Everybody had a nice uh, holiday yesterday. Um, certainly good to spend some time with the family. Um, you know, obviously uh, recapping a little bit, uh, obviously great to get the win. I uh, just wanted to thank the fans again. You know, we won four in a row at home, and uh, we got this next one, uh, last one at home, and uh, uh, got to get this one, and uh, certainly want to thank them for that. 
Um, you know, obviously the guys are excited about the win. Again, I gave those guys the day off yesterday and today. So they're, they spent some time with their families. That's important for us to, uh, to do that for the players uh, so they can get uh, refreshed and uh, get some good time with the families. And that's real important um, for us uh, going forward with those guys. But, uh, you know, real good uh, positive start to the game. Like I said, you know, first a fast start, get those three touchdowns, uh, played some good defense um, in there to go up 21 nothing. Uh, but the main thing is, is that we want to do a good job of, uh, you know, finishing the half out right. You know, I think we did a good job on D um, and special teams finishing out the uh, those drives. Uh, we just got to do a better job of capitalizing on the two minutes, uh, the two possessions we did have on offense, you know, to get at least three and potentially more uh, going into the half right there. Um, in terms of the injury updates, I'll have more with you, more for you uh, uh, tomorrow on that. But uh, you no, know, Tevin is still in concussion protocol. Um, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, Cole, you know, Cole, his knee, we'll see where that goes in terms of his movement tomorrow. Um, and that's all I have uh, for you on, in terms of those injuries. Um, but with that, I'll open up to questions. With the, the two-minute situation, when you went back and, and watched them offensively, what, what stuck out to you about those two possessions? Yeah, like I really what I said uh, after the game, it just comes down to execution, you know, the executing, uh, you know, the plays, getting positive yards, you know, two-minute drills on, on offense or defense is always about that, right? Starting with a positive play. Um, if you get the third down, you got to convert on the, on those downs. And, uh, you know, chunk plays are at a premium or defending against a chunk play. That's how you score or get the, get the ball into scoring range. And uh, that's really what we need to do in those situations there um, at the end of the half. Now, at the end of the game, if you go back to the end of the game, you know, we were trying to put the game away. Uh, Justin had that, that beautiful uh, scramble, you know, that, that uh, only a few guys in the league can do. And, uh, you know, big 39-yard gain or whatever it was. And, you know, then we, we ended up throwing the interception after that. And really I'll stick to the comments that I had uh, after the game on that one is that, you know, the corner made a nice play. He sloughed off on the corner route and uh, made a nice play. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we threw it there. And, but I thought we responded well on defense. And, and uh, you know, after that, and finished the game out the right way. Did what we needed to do to finish the game out the right way. So, Man, on that interception, what – is there, what is the corner supposed to be doing? Did he just make, an, like you said, a nice play and kind of was in a position that he normally Yeah, so what I saw on tape, it was man, it was straight man-to-man coverage, and they had a guy assigned. It was a five-man rush. They had a guy assigned to Justin for scramble, um, and they were in man-to-man coverage across the board. So he took the guy to the flat, uh, ran out of real estate, and sloughed off and turned turned what we call BTS and ended up making a nice play on the ball. Are you looking for the ball to go to DJ there in terms of that specific? Uh, it's it's really either one. Whatever we feel that's uh, that's uh, that was the one to Herbert in the corner, right? right? Yeah, Herbert. Yep, that's the one. So, what are some of the things that really impressed you about the progress that the defense has made? Because it's really sort of stepped up. Yeah, um, they've uh, stepped up in a lot of ways. And most most importantly, they're playing together. You know, so the, the continuity that they have. Um, obviously, the run defense has been stout. Um, you know, at times. And uh, we certainly need to have that done this week. You know, we got a big challenge ahead of us for uh, the run. Uh, this team is a really good run team. Uh, they know how to do it. And obviously, they got really good personnel uh, that can do that. So we got to do a really good job this week. Um, but the, the takeaways have been um, high. I know we didn't get any the other day. So uh, we're going to have to pick that up here the next game. Um, you know, and then obviously, the, the space tackling, the tackling, uh, the sacks have picked up. You know, all those things have done that. But really, it's just buying into the system, you know, buying into our system. It's got a long history. Um, it's been around uh, this league for a long time. 
and the guys understand the core principles and the standards it takes to play the positions, and uh, they're really doing a good job of rushing and cover and cover and rush, really playing off each other that way, and understanding you know where the spots are to make their plays in the defense. Um, that's why you guys uh, you see guys that are comfortable. Um, they're playing fast and they're playing physical, and it's it's fun to watch when it gets to that point. Man, with the downfield passing attack, you've been saying for a while you wanted to see more of that in the offense. Um, why you you guys have you you want that? Justin is talented at that. You have fast receivers. Why hasn't that been more a part of you guys' arsenal this season? Well, I've I think we had a couple good ones, um, you know, during the game, you know, and I know one was a scramble um, where he threw the ball down the field, and I thought that was a nice play by Justin, you know, evading the rush there, uh, working out of the pocket, and then finding Cole all the way down the field, and Cole made an awesome play. And, you know, and Cole played awesome, by the way, you know, for when he was in there, man, he just, he was gutting it out, blocking well. And obviously he's been a, had a really good season um, for him. But, uh, and again, the, that play that came behind, you know, that, that uh, hideout, hideout play, so to speak, that was a really good play um, also. It was a good chunk play. You know, so we had a good, you know, some good shots in there. We just needed to do a better job of uh, keeping that going, you know, and, uh, you know, we took a shot to, to Valist on the one side there. I think the, the pass was just off a little bit on that one. But, uh, again, we got to continue to do that because I know how hard it is, you know, uh, defensively speaking, of when you do that, you back guys off you a little bit, and it opens up the intermediate passing game. A big picture this season, not just the Cardinals game. What has been in the way of you guys making that a regular part of your offense? When it seems like you have pieces to do it with. Yeah, I would just say we just got to keep keep getting after it, you know, just keep doing it and, uh, you know, keep taking our shots and uh, keep making those connections. And, uh, you know, hopefully this this next two games we will, you know, we will take uh, make those connections uh, with DJ, with the guys that go down the field, um, you know, Mooney and different guys. And Cole's done a good job of that too, but uh, just got to keep doing it. And the short guard situations, what is your kind of philosophy in terms of mixing up creative looks versus having something that, that might be predictable and a staple, but that you just rely on and go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we have to do a better job with short yardage. There's no question about that. And I think that we do a, a, you know, you have to have a staple, something that you go to. You know, it's, you know, it's usually the, the, the sneak or the wedge or the rugby, whatever you're calling that, you know, the Philadelphia play, um, you know, so, and we've done that a couple of times. And, uh, but we need to be more effective at that. You know, so uh, we're looking to be more of effective at that because you need something like that where you can always go to that. And then you need some stuff that, that hits the perimeter, you know, um, you know, because teams will load up inside there um, on you, you know, pack everybody inside and leave themselves vulnerable on the outside. So I, I do think you need that. And uh, we certainly uh, have that in our arsenal, too. But uh, again, it just comes down to execution. You know, it comes down to the guys, you know, executing that the, the push play um, better and also the perimeter plays better. Wouldn't if you're in short yardage on offense, wouldn't wouldn't it be, make sense to almost always, if not always, have the ball in Justin's hands because of how unpredictable he is, because of what a unique weapon he would be in that situation? I mean, if you think about it from a defensive coach's perspective, that would be a really difficult problem to deal with on you know needing third or less. Yeah. Yeah, you want to put it in your in your guys' hands, right? So you know, Justin Fields is one of those guys. You know, DJ is one of those guys. Um, but you have to have some you know multiplicity to it, also. I, I think so. Um, to your point, yes, I, I think that's right. But I also think you have to have some multiplicity to it. Matt, to, to a man after the game Sunday, yourself included, everyone was very excited for Mercedes, obviously to get the reward of the touchdown. But yeah. but it seems like for a guy that just got here, you know, 
midway through the offseason, and he's become very magnetic for a lot of guys. I'm just curious from your perspective why he's had that effect on, on the locker room. Yeah, just, uh, you know, he gets respect and he walks right into the building because of the 18 years, you know, in the NFL. I mean, that's hard to do as a player now, but uh, and uh, just the kind of man he is. I mean, he is, he is a, a true leader. Um, you know, he, he helps younger guys. You know, he's very wise uh, when it comes to football and outside of football as well. And uh, just has a way about him, you know. And uh, he has, uh, you know, obviously been one of our captains. You know, he's one of our true leaders, you know, on the football team. And and uh, that's why guys were so excited because they wanted to see him. You know, we had that play in, and uh, you know, it didn't go as designed. You know, we Justin had a really good fake. He turned around and he's looking for, you know, DJ on the on the shake route coming back. And then the next one is the block to the corner and a really good job of Justin. Like he was going to run. The defender came up and we threw it to him and. But uh, for him to get that play was was really, uh, was exciting for everybody, and, and, and including me. So, Matt, going back to the the passing game, you guys ranked 27th in the NFL, but you've had some really nice moments. What's your satisfaction level at with the passing game this season and the growth that's shown? Well, I mean, if it's at 27, you know, it's not not where it needs to be, right? So we just gotta, you know, we just gotta continue to work on that. And uh, you know, it's gotta it's like to your point, you know, get the downfield throws and get explosive throws. You know, how you score uh, in the NFL is, is to get explosive passes and explosive, you know, runs, and and that, that's what you need to do. And I thought we did a really good job getting those explosive runs on Sunday. You know, and Herbert did a heck of, heck of a job running the ball. I thought the line did a really good job of that. Um, but but to your point, you know, we got to get some of those explosive passes. Like I said, we had a few, but we need to get more of those. Matt, the TV copy picked up a, a sequence where Justin didn't seem pleased with something maybe with Getsy was saying it was a second and six late in the third quarter, about two minutes left. The second and six play ends up being an incomplete pass to the right. Do you know uh, exactly what was kind of going on in that, that sequence? I think they were arguing about under center or pistol, but uh, that might have been it. But uh, the play works either way. It's, it's the same play, but uh, yeah. When you guys came in and started to rebuild this thing, you guys, a lot of veterans were traded and left, but you kept Eddie and Jalen. Um, now that the defense is where it's at, how do you describe the value having both of those guys throughout this rebuild has been? You talking about Eddie and Jaquan? Eddie and Jalen. Jalen, yeah. Both both have been great. Uh, true pros, uh, have done everything we asked them to, um, have helped the younger guys, um, have both risen. You know, Eddie really had a really great year last year. He's having a solid, you know, consistent year this year. Um, you know, Eddie had a really good year last year before he got hurt. You know, Jalen's really come on a, a, as of late. And uh, I'm excited for those guys, both of those guys, um, where their future is going to be. You know, we don't know all that right now. Um, you know, we certainly would love them to have them here, but uh, uh, those guys have really done a nice job. And they're both, uh, like, so smart when it comes to football. Uh, they're high, high intelligent guys. And that certainly helps our young guys, our first and second year players, uh, to be able to develop, you know, understanding the game of football. And those guys have been a big part. So there is a lot of X's and O's in there, first of all, Tom. A lot about the short yardage. Flat out said, hey, we got to get better at short yardage. Now, it's not awful for the for the combined season, third and fourth down. They haven't been great on fourth down and one. Third down and short, you know, not not awful, but it's when it happens and the circumstances surrounding it. What happens after that when you don't make the conversion? Uh, is you know, because if you don't and you're going for it's like a turnover. So it's sudden change. A lot of a lot of things can happen. Feel from field position to just momentum, and it, it, it has to get fixed. Well, Jeff, just think of the emotions that filter up into the stands. Whether you want to go back to the Cleveland Browns game where they went for it on fourth down and Justin got caught from behind and 
kind of his feet sweeped out from underneath him. All of a sudden, you're igniting that excitement on the sidelines, but it's filtering up into the stands, and now maybe your crowd becomes louder. Maybe, you know, they, they become more supportive in, in such a way. So, you know, whether – you, you know, you, you failed to stop your opponent on defense or you were an offense, you were capable of getting it or vice versa. There's a lot of the psychological um, happenings that go into a game. If you have or you don't have success on short yardage plays, maybe con- continue taking time off the clock. You know, put give your opponent good field position, able to get good field position for yourself, man. There's a lot that goes into those decisions. It's not only an analytic decision, it's kind of a psychological support decision as well. A couple of other things I want to address. Uh, one, you know, they t- keep talking about, hey, how come you can't do more deep shots consistently? You know, because the deep shot numbers for Justin is really, they're really good. Of course, the QB rating with DJ Moore, part of that, they've had a great success. And now when he bangs up his ankle and he's gutting it out, he's probably more decoy than anything and then makes a big play at the end of the game to to help save the game. Um, You got to love a player like that, number one. And then Cole goes down after what was off to an historic game. Seriously. 107 in the first half. Most of it in the first quarter. And going in, probably not feeling the best anyway with a quad, and then he bangs up the knee thanks to Buda Baker and and the, the type of hit that we always fear for tight ends. You know, after looking at it again, I know I described it on the broadcast as like bent him in two, but it was a lower hit, so it, it bent him in thirds. But whatever the case may be, you're, you're vulnerable. And he's taken a lot of those pops this year. As I tell you that, word that TJ Hawkinson against Detroit blew out the ACL and MCL. He's done for the year for Minnesota. So that position, you know, it's a tough one. And, and, Man, I keep my fingers crossed that Cole stays healthy his whole career because we're just seeing the blossoming and the trust in this tight end. He's rugged, and, you know, we joke and say he's my favorite player. I got a lot of favorite players, but I love I love the mentality of how he approaches the game, Tom. And I hope, you know, Fu said, hey, we'll see. How it's trending in a, in a positive direction. Same story for Tevin Jenkins. Won't know more uh, until later in the week about his concussion protocol, but – you know, these are things, you know, these are these are important pieces to the puzzle for the Bears. Yeah, but, you know, you, you can't ignore deep shot opportunities because you still have Darnell, you still have Tyler Scott. Super unfortunate that the drop that, yeah, Robert Tunyon, sorry, uh, dropped in, in Cleveland. You know, those are super unfortunate plays, but I still think you have big shot opportunity because of the arm talent of Justin. And so they can't be ignored, but maybe they won't be as repetitive as you like to see it when DJ is 100% or, or Cole is in there. So you still have your opportunities. And, you know, still, and you think about the offense, big play opportunities. You think about the holding call on the 33-yard run by Justin. That's still big plays. I know it's not through the air. Oh, however. Yeah. When you talk about the running yards combined of the two, if you add that 33-yarder to what Justin had already put together, I think 97 yards maybe, what a running day that would have been. It would have been Suey Payton. 1985, November 11th, something like that, 1985? November November 10th. I want to think maybe we were playing the Indianapolis Colts that day. I'm going to look it up because I know that we went out there and we had a game that the wind was just horrible. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I, I, I'm probably wrong, but it just reminds me of that day. All right. 
Bears fans, you can be there for live NFL action all season long as the official ticket marketplace of the Bears and the NFL. Ticketmaster has a wide selection of tickets available for every game. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Bears. Jeff and Tom on episode 45 of the Bears Etc. podcast. We'll be back with you on Thursday with a deep dive on the Atlanta Falcons. We'll touch on them here as well. All right, I, this, this gets on my nerves a little bit. This is not a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. Uh, they're they're battling for whatever last percentage point chance of getting into the playoffs. They've had issues on both sides of the ball, special teams. Things have happened over the course of the season. They've battled through all that to somehow find a way to get to six wins. Many said, hey, it should have been nine. Okay, fair enough. But how you win a game, to me, no longer matters. This league, like you alluded to about the talent level of a three-win Arizona team or what we're about to face in Atlanta, the defensive numbers are better than you think, folks. You do the, you do the good math, and that's about situational football. They're, they're pretty doggone tough to beat, and they've got offensive weapons. Yes, they're under the backup quarterback. But I am no longer interested in hearing about style points or that, oh, it was just, you know, they almost gave it away. And, you know, all this nonsense i'm not apologizing for finishing a game we we keep on crying about the fact you don't finish a game and you got to do it you got to do it you got to figure out a way it's just to me bricks in a road to get to somewhere at some point this team will not be the same team in 2024 it's not going to look the same and the infusion of talent could be monumental with the salary cap and the draft capital you currently own. So, you know, I know it's it's hard to to just talk about losses this way or talk about wins this way, but are you are you with me or not? Cuz there's a lot oh, being written just about it the other way. Listen, go listen to Justin at the podium after the game. And he was talking specifically about all the the numbers that he's attached to. And he's the one that said the exact same thing. I don't care about numbers. I care about wins. And that's the most important element that you have to have in a team sport for success. If you're only worried about individual numbers, if guys were sitting there pouting in the end zone or pouting in the locker room or crying about not enough attempts or too many attempts for this guy or this guy set up to make defensive plays, you have no chance. And that's the thing that I admired listening to Justin in the podium is the fact that his role on this team is to be computed to wins. He threw for 35 yards. He threw for 35 yards in the second half. They still won the game. Yep. You know, and there are yep. a lot of reasons why. Okay. There were some misfires. He's down his top two targets. I'm no excuses. But again, you figure you ran for 250 yards for crying out loud for the fourth time since 1988 and it's all happened in the last two years i mean this is some good stuff i mean i i love the fact that they still want to run the football tom and they're gonna have to on sunday against atlanta falcons rsi is one of our sponsors take a chance download the bet rivers app today uh so let's start talking about that a little bit uh and now deep into the next phase of the holiday season new year's eve coming up (laughs) Uh, I know Tom's got a, a very heavy schedule after the game that night. He'll be uh, taking the the light fan tripping the light fantastic on uh, well, Sunday I'm night. You're working the game. I thought you were <laughs> going to go back and say, "Look, my yeah, mind right. is my mind is on my post game party, so uh-huh. I really can't give you my best <laughs> effort today." 
No, that's not the case. All right, so you alluded to it at the beginning. Arthur, first of all, Arthur Smith is a very tough-minded coach. He loves the running yep. game. He's going to play. Yep. He's going to play two tight ends on you. They're going to be on the field. Jonu Smith and uh, Kyle Pitts, very athletic. Uh, so we've gone through now three consecutive games with athletic, potentially game-breaking tight ends, and then you got Bajan Robinson. He's in the top 15 of the league in yards from scrimmage. So he catches the ball as well, Tom. Tyler Algier is no slouch at running back. Bears played them a year ago, so we got a taste of some of this stuff. We got a taste of Drake London last year in Atlanta. Uh, they got a, they got plenty. And Ta- Taylor Haneke is a veteran with some moxie. And we saw what he did with Ron Rivera in Washington last year. So there is a lot to break down here. I know we're only getting started on that process. From what you've taken a gander at, what are your biggest concerns? You know, I, I guess my biggest concerns is when you have a, a team that's got the kind of the mentality of their head coach who's a super tough guy. He is he is more of a Ditka-like type of personality to the players, the way he gets in their faces and what he requires for them to be in their their playing role is that when they come to a stadium like Soldier Field, natural grass outdoors, they're still playing hard for their coach who's under the microscope by their owner, and the, maybe the head coach is willing to take a couple chances with some of the weapons they have when you talk about multiple tight ends, super talented backs out of the backfield, Cordero Patterson, who can line up in the backfield as or a wide receiver, a guy that likes to take kickoffs out of the end zone. So there's just a lot of uncertainties about the Atlanta Falcons because you don't play them that much. And now you're getting ready to play them again with a, with a head coach who's got a lot of pressure um, surrounding him. And then they play a, an aggressive style of defense. They can still rush the passer. They play hard. They're physical tacklers. And um, what they're going to be said all week is, look, guys, this is a team that just ran for 250 yards. If we're not better up the middle than what the Arizona Cardinals were, they'll gash us as well as they gash the Arizona Cardinals. So there's a lot of things that they're going to be preached to before they ever take the field. And then just the athleticism and what Justin can do with his feet. That's never going to be left behind from any defensive coordinator. They sacked uh, Colts quarterback Gardner Minshew six times on Sunday. Two of them right. by Zach Harrison. He's a he's one of their rotational guys. Calais Campbell inside with David Onyemeta, Bud Dupree. He's been around a long, long time. Arnold BK on the edge. Caden Ellis at inside linebacker. Your corners are name players. Caden Ellis, Ellis had three tackles for loss. He had a sack. He had ten total tackles. So when you talk about a guy like Calais Campbell, even though he's up there in years, the guy is still legit as you can get on far as defensive linemen. Corners, Jeff Okuda, A.J. Terrell Jr., D. Alford, the nickel. And then Jesse Bates, the third, the former Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, This guy's a bad man back there, leading tackler on the team. He's right up there in the interception leaders in the NFL with six, so he's making plays. You can't have overthrows. You can't have tip passes for this game. He's a ball hawk. And he's and a well-decorated player. Yeah, you know, five-time Pro Bowl, tight end position and interceptions. Yeah, because if all of a sudden Cole Komet does not play or he doesn't get as many reps, and then you have Robert Tunyon, you have Mercedes Lewis, possibly Carlson. You know, you you have guys that maybe uh, hasn't been developed in that comfort zone with Justin like Cole has. So 
It's just a dangerous uh, position when you talk about a ball hawking safety. Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears, tastes like Miller time, Chicago. Jeff and Tom winding down our podcast today. Hope you had a great Christmas and a great new year ahead. You know who's on the practice squad for the Atlanta Falcons? This is stunning. I mean, why isn't he? Why doesn't he have a job? Patrick Ooh. O'Donnell. He's on the practice squad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what what a luxury for a team to have an right. extra punter on the practice squad. Patio. Um, Patio. Wow. Wow. That, oh that's, my that's gosh. Kind of strange to me. Yeah. If I was a head coach, I wouldn't take up an extra spot by a punter. I would ask him to stay alert and live in the community or something like that. But I don't know. That's strange to me. Yeah. Um, are you proud of the fact the Bears now are up to uh, number one again in rushing the football uh, defensively against the run and then number two in the league in running game in the NFL? I mean, we talk about the trenches, right? Um, um, from from where they were at at the beginning of the year and the amount of run yards they were giving up to where they've been able to climb back into the, the top of the – the top of the league and then for the bears to be averaging 142 yards rushing considering what chris morgan the offensive line coach has had to do to stabilize uh, up front and make some really difficult decisions uh i tell you man it's 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 impressive to see what the trenches have been able to do for this team so right now the bears Still have the number one pick of Carolina. Two games to go. They need to lose another one to ensure it. They're going to be playing Jacksonville this weekend. Um, Trevor Lawrence has a sprained right AC joint. He was stretching out trying to get a first down, diving for it, and that happened. He's already been banged up earlier in the year. Um, Could be C.J. Beathard. I mean, we are focusing on that. I'm not trying. I'm just, I don't, I you know the Bears got to take care of their business, but we, we care about that first overall pick now. I mean, it's, it's well, an CJ asset. CJ Beathard was on the injury report last week with a bad shoulder. Mm. So I don't even know. I'm not sure if he was active for the game or what type of role he was in this past week. So tell us about an AC joint when you're a right-handed quarterback. What's the story? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just everything that you don't have. You just don't have. The relief of pain, if you depending upon how you want to throw the ball, how quickly you want to get at it out of your hands, how it affects your accuracy, how it affects the velocity of the ball, and then if you play against a team that's bringing pressure at the line of scrimmage, and I don't know, you know, Carolina, they do, they they have the ability to bring pressure. You know, you you just can't you can't run. And you know, lead that you know, lower your shoulders. You're going to have to give, try to get out of bounds or slide for everything you get. And Interesting. If you get pounded on at one time, you know he's got a bad knee. He, you know, he's got a bad ankle. He's got a bad shoulder now, and so jeopardizing your future with that many injuries this late in the season, and possibly still in a playoff position. Doug Peterson has got a lot of important decisions to make. Let me ask you something. Uh, because there's almost nearly 60 quarterbacks used this year, does this has this changed your view on that position, on what you need to keep around on your roster? Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got what you need to keep around and what you have to always have that, uh, you know, that draft board that they always talk about in the war room. You better know every quarterback that's out there because Cleveland has been an un, been unbelievable. And, and the coaching that they've done over there, bringing in 
uh, Flacco and, you know, be more impressive with guys that have been on the roster for three to five months over there. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the quarterback position and the backup quarterback and the development of a quarterback, I think it's at an all-time importance. With 188 convenient locations, it's easy to touch down at any Jewel Osco store where you'll find an all-star lineup of fan-friendly favorites. Jewel Osco, Chicago's go-to local grocery store since 1899. Tom, we're done for the day, buddy. You can kick oh. back now and start getting those New Year's plans ready. Make sure you get a reservation. <laughs> pull some strings. I know you got a lot of connections out there in the restaurant world. Hey, maybe you and Steve Dahl can hang out on New Year's Eve. How about it? Uh, I don't see that happening. I see <laughs> me being over at Fox TV doing the TV oh, yeah. show. And then yeah, that's true. We got to do that, don't we? A sensible, safe drive home and okay. uh, get ready for the podcast on Monday. Sounds good. That's going to wrap us up. Deep Dive on the Falcons, our next assignment. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please subscribe now on the Chicago Bears official app, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Bear down, everybody. <laughs>